God, thank you that all your, your word is, um, is relevant to our lives. And uh, I just pray that the next 20 minutes or so that um, people can see you and believe in you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. I'll start with... Uh, So we're in uh, Luke 13. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman who was there had been crippled by spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day for what bound her? When he said this, all, the, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. I, um, I had a job... Uh, many years ago filmed for Teletext Holidays and we, uh, me and my friend called Luke we went around the UK filming different holiday destinations and um, we're kind of promoting have your holiday in Britain it was a really good I thought it was like serving the Queen and so I so uh, one day we went to the Lake District and what we do we 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 split up and to cover more ground. Um, so we went to this little forest in the Lake District, and I went one way, Luke went the other way. And I got to this stream, and I found this great stream that had a bit of waterfall, I think, at the end. And I got my, my tripod out, got a nice, real low angle, with the nice reflections on the water. And it was great. And I was like, again, this shot, and all of a sudden, I got this, this horrible, horrible smell came over me. And then I turned around to see what the smell was. And I went, ah. Now, I don't scream anymore as adults. I, I just make this internal scream noise. And I turn around and it was a sheep <laughs> that was dead. It was a dead sheep. It was upside down sheep. And it fell off this like, like five foot kind of ridge. And it just fallen down. And it's just upside down. And it's just looking at me like not that far away. And I was like, ah. I said, Luke, there's a dead sheep looking at me. And um, so I started filming it. No, I don't. I, I, didn't, I didn't film it. I didn't film it. I didn't even take a photo. I didn't know. It was probably before iPhone days. Anyway. So Jesus was asked, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? To which he gave an illustration of a sheep that needed rescuing. He said, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? 
how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on a Sabbath. On another occasion, uh, Jesus was, um, was having a, 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 some food around a Pharisee's house and there was a, a person there with uh, abdominal swelling. And um, Jesus asked them the question now. He said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Jesus was at that time taking uh, a, 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 national, a national kind of uh, survey, asking people if it's lawful to heal on the Sabbath. And they did not answer. But Jesus knew which box to tick. Of course, he knew, no, it's not lawful to heal. And then he gave this illustration. If one of you has a child or an ox that falls into the well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? The ox, the child, the sheep all have something in common, don't they? All in need of rescuing. All helpless. Powerless to rescue themselves, right? Absolutely powerless. What they need is someone with a plan. Someone who's aware of their situation. Someone with the power to rescue them. In today's verse, in today's passage, we've got no, no one stuck down a well or uh, in a pit. We'd simply have an animal... Do you see the illustration in our passage of just an animal that's just tied up in the heat of the day, needing water? And I think we can all relate to that. We've all been dehydrated, right? Once in our lives, right? As we, we know, there's much more people in other parts of the world much more dehydrated than we'll ever be. But we all can relate to dehydration and what that feels like. And we all just crave that one thing, just a, just a little bit of water. And I'm always amazed when I have that sip of water. Just what that does to your whole body, it just rejuvenates your whole body, just a sip. And this woman in the synagogue just wanted one thing. Just want, she just needed a, a touch of Jesus. Jesus came ultimately to, to rescue you. And he had the power, the authority to do that. Our passage, it, it comes under the time when, when Jesus just turned his head and just walked to Jerusalem. He was on his way to, to on the way to the cross, on the way to suffer and die for us, to take our blame. Came to was on his way to bridge the gap between man and, and his creator. Like a credit card that we couldn't pay back. Now some of us get really in debt, right? Well, I watched this documentary the other day of an of a Uber driver who basically got so in debt he had to buy this car. Like, it was like 13, 17 grand, and then he couldn't pay that back, and then all the interest came, and to get other loans, and it was just, just built up to an, an amount that he could not pay back, and he committed suicide. There are debts 
in life that we can't pay back. And we're in debt to a holy God. Because we have spent our lives on ourselves. With our mind, heck, we, we, believe we, we believe we're actually, our ways are better than God's ways. Through our actions, we can actually see that. With our heart, well, we desire things, well, we desire creation other than the creator. And with our body, we just, we just use it to pleasure ourselves in any way we think is right. And when something bad happens, what do we do? Blame God. We're in debt to a holy God. Jesus paid a debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. Jesus paid a debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. Like, we're like a small child down the bottom of the well. We're like that, that small child, right? Helpless. Powerless. Powerless to save. But there's a belief in God that does save. And ultimately, we're always going to be down this well until we ask Jesus to rescue us and set us free. So just before our, our the healing in the synagogue, uh, we get to the, the, the fig tree, and, uh, and Jesus uses this, this, this picture of, the, of a fig tree as, as, a, as a, a picture of Israel, that they looked great, that they all leafy, just looked fantastic to see, but they were fruitless. They weren't bearing any fruit for God. And Jesus says, and God says, basically, let's just, just chop it down. It's like, I thought it's like my iPhone charger today. It's like, it doesn't work. You know when iPhone chargers break for no reason? It worked yesterday, but today it doesn't. It looks the same, but it doesn't work. It doesn't function. I'm going to throw it away. It doesn't work. You don't keep things that don't work, do you? <laughs> you don't keep things. But you try it. You try it. No. You know, you just rub, you rub the end of it, you know, like, this is going to work, this is scientific. <laughs> Sometimes it does. <laughs> and God's like, I'm just going to just chuck this away. And Jesus says, give me, give me some time. Give them more time. Give them another chance. Isn't that all we say to God all the time? Oh, God, just, I just need another day. Give me another chance. We can relate. Jesus says, right, I'm going to die for these people. And if they don't turn to you then, well, let's chop that down. And we really see, like, the kind of the, the characteristics of, of the people on the, uh, that Jesus used as a, as a fig tree in, in, our, in, in our passage. You understand where, where God's coming from. When you, when you read what they're actually like, what they believe, and what they think is important, and what they think is not. So, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And he saw this lady who was like 
hunched over, described as having a spirit of infirmity, and she had this for 18 years, so it came from a spirit that inflicted her with this sort of disability. Obviously, there's a massive side note that not all disabled people have been inflicted by a demon. There's lots of healings in the Gospels where it has nothing, nothing said about a demon. And Jesus saw her in the crowd, and he stopped preaching, and he called her forward, put both his hands on her, like it, was, it wasn't like, like far away, it's just, this is close, right? Jesus came close. Imagine Jesus just touching like both hands. Set her free from infirmity. And everyone went crazy and was like, yes, praise God. And the, the synagogue leader, well, he should have joined in with that praise. But he didn't, as we just read. His first response was what? Not praise God, but like one of judgment and order. He said, there's, there's six days to work. On the seventh day we rest, basically. I just want to give the, the synagogue lead a little bit of slack here. Okay. If, if we're honest, okay. You know when you just want to rest, right? You've got a busy week and a busy time, and then we just, and we just want to... We need some me time, right? We need some me time, yeah? Maybe a bottle of wine, maybe a little series, yeah? <laughs> and we do that, like, do you really, like, say, say it's walking past someone on the street who obviously needs your help, are you, are you going to stop? Do we do the good on our rest day? On our rest time? Not, let, let's not say rest day, but time, when it's really about us. Do we, do we stop? Do we do good when our first thought is rest? Another little thing I want to you know, calm down on the synagogue leader. He sounds annoying, but get this. He basically said, hey, you can, Jesus is going to be healed every other day, right? He had faith that Jesus would heal to come back tomorrow. The synagogue leader had faith that Jesus would heal. Check out the Pharisees. They had faith that Jesus would heal. Heck, they all went around just spying on him. Is he going to heal? Is he going to heal? Do we have less faith than a, than a heartless Pharisee that Jesus would heal? Jesus made them understand that it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. He used the illustration of the of this, of this animal tied up, just needing something that so simple as water. Gave them a bit of credit, say, "Hey, you, you, you do some good on the Sabbath. You, 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 you help your animal. I'm going to help my people." So visually, if you kind of think about it visually. Um, you have the, the woman, she came to church looking down in pain. 
And she left looking up. Praising God. The synagogue leader. Well, he, he came to church looking up, right? At God, no, probably with pride. And then he looked, and then he came out of church looking down. He was humiliated, it says. It's a role reverse. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honour, Proverbs 29. Jesus is good news to those who thirst and believe, but following the law with only your head, in the end, is bad news. In fact, it's very bad news. So, Satan has bound us in all, all of us in some way. In some way. Jesus knows your situation, and Jesus sees your faith. So I'm going to elaborate on now. So, Satan's bound us all in some way, um, which caused us to suffer. I mean, so let's think about this. Infirmity means weakness, right? Um, and we are all kind of weak and sick in the result of sin entering the world. In one sense, whether disabled or not, we all are subject to demonic influence. I know there's some people that I know think that's crazy. Matt's just okay. He's gone too far. But this is this is this is not sensational. It's normal. The Bible tells us very clearly that the wars against spiritual. It's a spiritual warfare. Read that in Ephesians. So yes, we can. In this passage, we can see the infirmity. Right, we see it. Right, there, there's, that's, that's her, that's her infirmity, it's visual. Most of the infirmity that we are bound with is not visual. Just, and this is scratching the surface. Alcohol, drugs, worry, stress, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, your job, self-righteousness, egotism, fear of failure, pride. We can cover those up so easy, can't we? That is a result of sin entering the world. <coughs> you know when it says that, that when Satan speaks, he, he speaks his, his native language. And I'm wondering how Satan's lying to us Lying to you last week, it's going to lie to you next week about this that you don't have it. You're fine, you're not bound by anything. Jesus can't heal, Jesus doesn't know you, Jesus is not interested in you. You're a screw-up. Stay like this. When do you lie? You lie when you hide the truth. What's the truth? That Jesus came to save and rescue you. That's the truth. 
that Jesus wants to untie you from what you're bound by. That's the truth. That Jesus came to give you life. That's the truth. Ultimately, Satan's main task is to kill, steal, and destroy. And when we look at these things, it's so... And, and our connection to these things, we can so easily see how this is stealing from us. Stealing joy from us. Stealing love from us. Jesus, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Translate that to English. I have authority and power to give you rest. I have authority and power to give you rest. That's not. But Jesus knows your situation. If you, if you read uh, verse 16 with me on your sheet, it says, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept down for 18 long years, be set free? He knows the very date, the very year, month, day when suffering entered that woman's life. see the compassion he has for her. 18 long years, he said. Feels it with her. He knows that your situation. Even if you don't. Even even you don't understand what's really going on. How Satan's really kind of like Prodding you, Jesus knows. When Jesus sees your faith, oh, I love this. He called her a daughter of Abraham. Nowhere else does Jesus address anyone like that. A daughter of Abraham. A title meaning a devout, God fearing lady, full of faith. You can see in a, in a Galatians three seven. Those who have faith are children of Abraham. Other, other people might have given her other titles. Maybe said from, from a distance. But Jesus knew exactly what to call her. Elevate her among the whole of the congregation. It's like, imagine if Jesus was here physically preaching right now and just stopped Drop the mic and just point at you. Said you have faith. You have faith. Imagine that. Imagine what that would feel. Imagine if you're the sickest person in this room, the weakest person in this room, and then Jesus just pointing out, you have faith. I don't know you, but I want Jesus to point at me and say, you have faith. No matter what's going on in my life, I want Jesus to point at me and say, you have faith. You're a true believer. 
What worth did that give her? A woman. A crippled, poor woman. And that's what Jesus is after, right? Will this, when the Son of Man comes to earth, will he find faith? Where's your faith? Have you got faith? Is it true faith? Following the law with only your head in the end is, is bad news. You know, when you don't believe in God, so when, when you believe in God, there's a difference between believing in God and believing that there is a God and believing in a God, right? So when you believe, you can, might believe there's a God. I know people who believe there's a God. And I know people who believe in God. And when you believe in God, things change. You, you trust God. But when you, don't, when you just believe that there's a God and go through this kind of semi-kind of Christian kind of this, you know, the rhythm of it, what do you do? What's the result in your life? What does it look like? Well, the result is you do the very least of devotion. Minimal devotion. Not even anything. It's minimal, though, at best. Devotion to God and to your fellow man. So following the commandments with only your head doesn't make you do good. Following the commandments with only your head and not your heart makes you makes your priorities like, all, all wrong. Uh, following the commandments with only your head results in I don't know you. So if you read verse 14 with me, it says, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days of work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Indignant means very displeased. Why was he very displeased? The leader should be rejoicing, right? Right? Like I said. But the first, first thing was like, order, judgment. I mean, the fact was the synagogue leader was in charge of the, the order of worship in the synagogue, right? He was in charge of it. Basically, the, the MC. Just like Alex today, basically, right? The healing, the healing came under his watch. Right? It came under his watch, under his supervision. If his job was to make sure that there'll be no healing done on the Sabbath, he's... He's messed that up. He didn't want what was for her to lose what she was bound to because he didn't want to lose what he was bound to. So following the commandments with only your head and your heart, your priorities are all wrong. So if you read 15 with me, it says, Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it to give water? It's funny. It, are there examples that Jesus gave? Like the, like the boy down the well, the, the sheep in the pit? Are they all just like illustrations? Here it just looks like Jesus watched them do it last week or this morning. This is, this is what you do. 
And the rule of the synagogue, you know, and the Pharisees, you know, they had donkeys, right? And they're worth dough. They're worth money. A lot more than a poor crippled lady. And Jesus is saying, you value your donkey more than this crippled lady. More than the weakest person physically in your congregation. Your priorities are completely wrong. Follow the law with your head, that doesn't change your heart. And I, I, I like kind of observing myself day to day, thinking, well, you know what, I, I'm checking my emails a lot more than I'm checking in with God right now. I'm checking social media a lot more than I'm, I'm checking in with Jesus. There are some things that we put value on more in one day than following Jesus. If we're all honest with ourselves. In one day, maybe last week, you put more value on one thing than following Jesus. The thing is, your, your whole life is, is just, a, it's just loads of days built up together. So what was... You think, oh no, Jesus comes tomorrow. I'm going to read the Bible tomorrow. If this is, stacks up, and like, if you kind of spread it out, like it was like a pie, like pie chart, it's like, oh yes, yeah, so I actually like praise God five percent of my life, and put most of my effort on just what entertainment, relaxation. I don't know, work. Sounds good, but it's might not be. Depending on your motivation in it, what you want to get from it. It's it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. So you think about it. If I think Jesus is probably more worked up by this because simply put. Just for me to understand my own thoughts would be it's not law they're saying it's not lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Okay. So if you just you can, so they're saying you can love people for six days and on the seventh day you don't love anyone. You can't do that with your heart. You can't love someone for six days and not love someone for the seventh day. You can't switch that. You can't just stop your heart and say, no, this day you're not. So they weren't obeying the, the commands with their heart, they were obeying it with their mind. Because you can switch your mind off easily. You can say, I'm going to obey God, I'm going to uh, work for six days and rest on the seventh. You can do that. It's a heart issue. They weren't obeying God with, with, with their heart. I think that's it, but the real, the real bother. So when you when you believe in God, but you don't believe in a God, you haven't given your whole life to God. What's the result? The result is I don't know you. What am I talking about? Well, this is a good illustration. So I was filming in a gig. 
uh, this was like 2010. I was it was it was under like Chelsea's football stadium, and uh, I was filming this gig, and lots of musicians there, and filming some interviews just by this corridor. It was the end of the night, and people were leaving, and this guy walked past me, and I was like, "Hey, hey." And I said it loud enough, quite a lot of people. So, but I said it so loud that he was able to turn around and look at me. He turned around, he just smiled, and he walked away. I said, uh, mate, 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 like, I know you. And he stopped, and he turned around, and he smiled at me, and he just, he went off. And it was getting a bit, a bit weird because basically there was, a, there was a lot of traffic, and he was kind of holding his people up, and I said, uh, there's one last attempt, that, mate, we, we've met. And he turned around and smiled at me and just walked, walked away. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> Never going to speak to him again. And the security guard just tapped him on the shoulder. And he said, that's paid from X Factor. <laughs> basically, I've, I just, I thought... <laughs> basically, paid from X Factor didn't come to the finals of last year. So he got, nearly got there, I think. And... He didn't quite make it, but I saw him enough to think I knew him. <laughs> and, and yeah, so he's a good singer. I don't know why he didn't win. Actually, it was a, oh, you know, that, you know, that young girl was like rapping, um, forget her name, but like she was, he was up against her and the, it didn't work out for him. But I thought I knew him. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him. Didn't have not a relationship with him. Never had a heart to heart with Paige, did I? <laughs> he didn't know anything about me. Where I was from, who was I? Nothing. I thought I did. I left humiliated. So just after we uh, go, uh, after our, the healing in the synagogue, Jesus gave um, this example to someone who said, "Is there, is, is there, how many people is going to get saved, right? Is it one or two? Is it a few? Good question. So basically Jesus said, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. The synagogue leader didn't know, didn't know God. That's having a relationship with someone. Just believing that there's a God, or believing in the God, full trust. So what can we what can we uh, take from this this rambling? Um, 
That's why I do my freestyle rap, Sam. Uh, basically, I think we, we can understand that that we are all bound to something. We're all bound to something, and we are getting. I think we are. We are getting lied to by Satan, making sure that that we, that we're not. But I would like to encourage us just to like some some things we're bound by. It's so obvious. Some things we're, that we're tied to are so obvious. It's just in our face. Like, yeah, I know. I'm gonna sort out tomorrow. Some aren't. And the ones, if you're doing good right now, I'm pleased. But just pray, just to find out if there's something. Jesus, is, is there something that, like, that Satan's just like, just, just scratching me with, just, just, just prodding me with, making sure I'm just going to go a different way other than your plan? Because sin, the result of sin in our lives, is so horrible. It's like a, it's like a, a, a root of a tree. And the, the trees, just, the roots just go down and spread and go just different ways, different ways. It just spreads and just takes out all the life, all the goodness out of it. Sin does. I was, uh, I remembered, um, you know, the, the, the moment when Jesus calms the storm today when I was thinking about this. But he rebuked the wind and the waves. And the disciples, and it went completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him? There's some things I think in our lives that we don't think God's got that, that Jesus hasn't got authority over or that Jesus doesn't want authority over like if, like, you know when sometimes you pray for things like, and, it, it, and God answers it and you think oh, I can't believe God answered that I didn't think he cared about that I didn't think he knew about it all authority, all power and Jesus knows everything. And that's why we love our God. Because he knows us. He knows just that filth that's in our heart. Keep understanding that Jesus knows you. And keep having faith. In all situations. Even when you're suffering. Because sometimes in God's just sovereignty... He will, he will lead, he'll maybe let something happen to you for a long time that would actually give glory to him. And in those times and in any other time, just have faith. Have so much faith in like the worst of the situations. This woman was disabled, heavily disabled for. 18 years, but she had faith, the strongest faith in the room, probably. Just have that sort of faith in any way you go. So if Jesus ever came up, to, came up in that situation, he could just point, say, you have faith, single you out.
Eine. Still there, still there. Um, we've got just a few minutes, um, especially if anyone's got any burning questions. Oh, them. no. <laughs> um, well, they won't now. <laughs> um, or any comments or things that encouraged you um, as you've looked at this passage as much as teaching us? More encouragement, yeah. Um, and that you feel that we as a church could really take away some carrying on perhaps from some of those points as Matt was giving us the end. Any um, thoughts, questions, comments? Go on, Ben. Sorry. I just got a little uh, confused between the distinction. I was alright in saying in the feeling that um, when the guy came in with the ox that they said, no, we all need a sort of day off side thing. That it wasn't alright to cure the ox because it had a stomach complaint. No, so I have that today you would have heard three illustrations um, that Jesus used animals or, or a small child sometimes to uh, illustrate sure, sure. that you can do good on the Sabbath. That in 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 uh, you'll you'll do good to a, a small like kind of situation. Uh, so if you do that, then it's lawful to do good to a person on, on, the, on the Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought you said they didn't heal the ox. And the ox. No, it's almost the other way around. That uh, they've got very clear laws. These Pharisees, these religious leaders, have very clear oh, laws about specifics you can do to animals. Right. Right. And then they're saying, oh, no, don't help the person. Right. Jesus is showing their hypocrisy, showing, and he humiliates the guy by showing him yeah. that he can care for an animal, but not for a I, 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 I remember another one at school that, um, that um, Jesus with the disciples was walking through a field mm. and uh, some of the disciples ground up some uh, wheat to, yeah. uh, to just nibble on while they were walking through the field. Jesus was no, Jesus didn't mind that. I mean, uh, the Pharisees, is it, was it 39 laws so they put around? Sabbath day. Yeah, yeah. Sabbath day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hundreds of minor ones under that. Yeah. Like, if this, then this. Yeah. If this, then this. If this, then yeah. this. Yeah. Even if like, you went through a field, like, and, like was it one that if you walked walk through a field and like you you would step on a on like um, a seed and it, you know, that would be unlawful because you, well, you broke the Sabbath, you sinned because you're, you're planting, you're doing work. <laughs> so it's like it's pretty tough. I would have stayed indoors. It's <laughs> my advice: stay indoors. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love uh, you know, uh, uh, duty. My duty as a Christian doesn't change on on day. You know, and, uh, if I see, you know, if I feel the. We should um, close in prayer. I'm, I'm just hugely encouraged. I think there was one other thing that, that struck me and that you said. I remember you saying it to me earlier, and perhaps something about what what bound he didn't want her to be free from what bound her, because he didn't want to be free from what bound him. Yeah, and um, I think yeah, we so can create religious structures or how we do life mm. um, that we end up 
missing actually what what matters most. And um, and yeah, you brought out the example of her faith and her trusting God, perhaps all, for all those eighteen years. Um, and actually, she mm. was the one who seemed to be bound by Satan at the beginning, but he was the one who was clearly bound by Satan. Yeah. By the end. And so thank you so much.